Taking back control of our mental and physical health and well-being is the most important thing that we can do as individuals to reclaim our sovereignty, now more than ever before. While there are increasingly more medications produced to treat common physical and mental diseases every year, such as heart disease, cancer, chronic depression, and anxiety, the number of people affected by these is actually rising in our country. Now, whether or not you think of this as a deep state conspiracy or not, we have to recognize that Big Pharma is a multi-billion dollar industry, and it is in its best interest as a corporate entity to keep people dependent on what it produces rather than actually giving people the tools and treatments to cure their ailments. The best thing that we can do to reclaim our health is to get in touch with the inherent intuition within our body and learn how to care for it in a healthy and holistic way. My guest today is Sevi Mangram. Sevi is a stress relief coach, a holistic health expert, and the founder and creator of a program called WorkIn, designed to get you in touch with the subtle energy within your body and teach you how to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system, the central role of which is to bring your body into the relax, rest, and recover state. Sevi and I have an amazing conversation about some of the deeper, more subtle forces at play in our world today, and he explains how through healing our nervous system, we open up the doorway to healing within our body, mind, and spirit. Towards the end of this podcast, Sevi leads me through a short introductory session of work in that I highly suggest following along with if you're in a space to do so, and if you're interested in attending a workshop with him, you can check out the episode's show notes for ways to connect. This episode is brought to you by my coaching program, 12 Weeks to Self-Rediscovery. In this program, I will work with you one-on-one to create a strong spiritual practice that includes meditation, movement, breathwork, journaling, cognitive reprogramming, and somatic experience and release all designed to clear out the limiting beliefs and old stories that are keeping you from embodying the fullness of who you are now. This practice will allow you to go deeper into yourself, learn how to love yourself fully, which will then reflect itself into all of your relationships with others. If you're interested in this program, you can check out the show notes again to book a free, no-obligation, 30-minute discovery call with me. This is also brought to you by The Bridge Between. The Bridge Between is a transformational community that I've been developing with two of my dearest friends, designed to create a space to heal the collective wound between men and women and cultivate healthy masculine and feminine energy so that we can show up in love, honor, and reverence for ourselves and our loved ones. We are opening up our weekly men's and women's circle on Tuesday the 19th, And that will be a free offering that we'll be sharing with you all every following Tuesday at 5.30 Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern. The way we hold these calls is that we will begin each call in a co-ed space to drop into presence together and acknowledge and thank each other for the work that is being done. We'll then break out into men's and women's circles for about an hour to discuss a variety of topics and hold space for one another. And then we'll end the call by coming back together for a brief discussion and guided meditation. If you're interested in attending this call, you can reach out to me for more details or click the link in the show notes to sign up and receive the Zoom link. Also stay tuned, going forward in the future, we'll be offering more 
uh, fully co-ed workshops around integration, masculine feminine energies, and unity. And now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sevi Mangrum. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? Yeah, so I was just saying that, um, you know, I've been playing in... Um, really feeling into the the concept and idea of leaving yourself wanting more um and i think this is a really uh important thing especially at this time that we're in um because we find ourselves uh, falling into indulgences even more so because we we're validating that based upon those you know circumstances that we're living in right now and so it's more so it's like being tickled by the idea of you know getting to the edge of you know really enjoying something and then like kind of like stepping back and like pumping the brakes a little bit and so you know we could look at that as um uh in in the scope uh of many different themes um you know one of which we could look at that in in relationship with someone who's uh, of interest and uh intrigue to us and it's like, how, how can you have an experience uh, with an individual that you're interested in? And instead of like diving all of the way in, how can you spend some time in connection with them? And then just stepping back a little bit and communicating that you are stepping back so that you essentially are saying, I'm enjoying this so much. And I like want myself on that edge. You know, I want myself, I want to leave myself wanting more. I don't want to just gobble and eat all of it up and just be like fully satiated. You know, it's like, how can I just, you know, give myself a lot of enjoyment and pleasure in it and then take a breath, take a moment and step back and just like ride that wave. Um, so, you know, and it's a really important thing too, when it comes to like, the behaviors and habits around eating, you know, a lot of people mm. suffer from uh, overconsumption, even people that are putting good things into their bodies. I mean, I know plenty of clients that are, you know, eating foods from, you know, organic biodynamic farms with really great, you know, uh, 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 you know, soil quality, but they eat so much, you know, mm. because they don't fall into that idea and concept of leaving yourself wanting more. They just are fully, you know, engrossed in the experience and not to say that you shouldn't be, but like, how can you like breathe into the enjoyment of it as opposed to just fully falling into it without any um, uh, intention and awareness of the, uh, you know, the, the calming and the relaxing of that experience. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, brother. I, <laughs> I think there's an aspect of this that really connects back to um, being sovereign in your ability to kind of create your own happiness and just find the way to exist in that place without the kind of external source. Um, mm. My, I mean, my own personal experience with that has been deep in the indulgent side of things, and that was around uh, relationship, like sex, food alcohol substances like pretty much everything that you could overindulge in and overconsume i have overindulged and overconsumed and the the remedy that i've found to that was um kind of creating practices in my own life that allow me to be sovereign and the ability to validate myself and make myself feel good without needing to go all the way as you said like into the full satiated like 
fully engorged kind of um, uh, side of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm curious what uh what are some of the ways that you have been leaving yourself wanting more recently? Then, um, in terms of the things, the specific things of uh, that I'm wanting more of, or uh, the practices that allow for me to leave myself wanting more. Yes, to both of those things. First, <laughs> both. Yeah, of those. yeah. First, let's go into the things that you have been leaving yourself wanting more of. Uh, yes. Um, so I would say one of those things um, is is a, uh, a a recent a recent one, and that is um, new and intriguing relationships. Um, there's been. Um, a, a few a few women that have materialized into my into my sphere and um you know all all very very um beautiful beautiful human beings and um one of the big things and we can riff off of this as well and chat about um being in alignment with integrity and truth around the things that you know that are old patterns and programs of yours that can could take some fine tuning and cleaning up. Um, but to go into, um, you know, leaving myself wanting more is, um, you know, experiencing, uh, both of these women, you know, two in particular that there is a, you know, an, an attraction towards, uh, very much so. And, um, you know, really being able to ride the edge of that attraction, um, without, fully falling into the the physicality of things like really having that deep emotional connection like tuning in and getting really to know someone on a on a spiritual level you know really getting to you know see what someone's you know mental framework looks like you know what are the thoughts that they think what are the you know things that they dream um and, and really really tuning into that um and again too and it's, it's not to say that i'm i'm always um I'm always uh, in the state of of leaving myself wanting more. You know, again, like we're human beings, we do um, fall into the full engorgement and enjoyment of certain things that really provide us with, you know, a release of dopamine, serotonin, you know, um, epinephrine, you know, all, all the feel good chemicals, you know, that are uh, that are very. Uh, much a part of peak experience and expansive states of consciousness. And, uh, and so, so relationship, new, new relationship has been one of those. Mm. Um, I think, uh, the other one that I've really been practicing is in relation to, um, uh, stimulants. And for me, it's been, um, the two really heavy hitters for me are caffeine and sugar. Mm. So I've been really playing with navigating that. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, so the, the, those have been the, the really big ones for me. And then to answer the second question in relation to how to navigate those two specific things that I'm leaving myself wanting more of, um, one of, one of the, the common practices and behaviors is, is finding the breath mm. on the space in between. So it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm with a woman that there's an attraction towards is when I find myself getting like, you know, heavy, 
you know, heavy, like physically, like heavy heated and like, you know, getting into that kind of primordial, uh, you know, kind of sexual space. It's like, even just closing my eyes, even if, you know, we're like speaking, but it's like closing my eyes and breathing into that space and feeling into that sexual energy and that chemistry and allowing for it to be, it's like, I don't, I don't need to act on it. Why can't I just enjoy the pleasure of feeling attracted and sexually and physically drawn to someone else? Like, why do I have to like go and see that shiny thing and just grab it up? Why can't I just see it and just be like, Ooh, you know? And so it's really about that, that breath to what is drawing me in to feel such a way about something. So, so that's a really, really big one for me. Um, and then the, the other piece with that is, is the communication, right? Is like communicating about this very thing to, you know, the, the person of interest and being like, Hey, would you like to ride this edge with me? You know, would you like to like feel, feel this out and, and meet me, meet me here in this space? And that's a really interesting conversation because then it really, it really opens up the depth in which you can go with someone, you know, if we're speaking specifically about relationship and, and, and connecting deeply. So if you can have someone meet you there, it's like, whoa, the possibility of how deep we can go is even more open and available so 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 that would be the two two elements really truly in relation to um riding the edge and leaving yourself wanting more with intimate relationship is the breath and the communication of that very theme and idea to play with um and then in relation to uh stimulants especially with like uh with sugar and caffeine um it's for me it's about the downregulation of that level of um, dose of those things. So instead of like just, you know, being fully rigid and like cutting myself off, like no caffeine for 30 days, you know, it's like, what if instead of a cup of coffee, maybe two shots of espresso? Cause I know that two shots of espresso have less milligrams of caffeine than a full cup of coffee. Okay. Let's play with that a bit. Right? Maybe I have a cup of coffee one day and then the next two days I have an espresso, right? And then maybe I have, you know, a week just of espresso. And then maybe I have, you know, a day of espresso and then I take a day and have a warm, soothing beverage that mm. still facilitates some of the enjoyment that I get out of having, having coffee. But now it gets me more excited to have coffee the next day because I allowed myself to be, you know, a bit separated from it, you know? So that's, that's one of the things I like to play with is letting go of rigidity and not having to say all or nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the same thing goes with sugar too. It's like being able to say, okay, how do I still enjoy that pleasure I get from satisfying my sweet tooth? But instead of doing it by way of having, you know, a chocolate chip cookie, maybe I have half an apple and almond butter with a little bit of, you know, organic honey. Mm. So it's now not as inflammatory as the cookie with all the flour and, you know, the baking soda and the, you know, the chocolate chips, you know, which more, more often than not, unless there's really high quality chocolate that's used in the, in the cookie um, recipe, you know, still a little bit less of a, 
a sympathetic driver, you know, and less, you know, energy inducing in terms of, you know, what you would get from the chocolate and the cookie and a little bit more even keel with, uh, with the almond butter and the ap- apple and the honey. Um, so it's about, you know, just again, like regulating and modulating the amount of sugar that's taken in by way of not reducing the sugar completely, but just having a little bit less and then therefore leaving myself wanting more, but not being, you know, so like, you know, fixated on getting it, but just saying, Hey, tomorrow you had apple and almond butter today. Maybe you have a cookie tomorrow. Maybe you want, maybe you find that you like that you had a little bit less sugar and you want a little more of that apple and almond butter and honey tomorrow. So I know that was a really long ass way of answering that question, but (laughs) no, I love it. It's, um, yeah, we're very much immersed in a culture of instant gratification and like a fucking love me some instant gratification. Don't get me wrong, but who doesn't? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's kind of the reason why it's, it can be so destructive is because like literally it's a universal thing. I can do something that's going to give me that kind of instantaneous serotonin dopamine hit. And that's, I mean, it's addictive, any of it, but mm-hmm. riding that edge is like, dramatically increasing the actual experience of when you like have that thing it's it's like yeah you can dive straight into sexual intimacy when you meet someone or like you're saying you can play not like the long game it's not like you need to wait until you get married but you know you spend like a week or two weeks or just a few dates like really getting to know that person diving into who they are connecting on a level that is already uh, incredibly deep and when you get to that point it just kind of skyrockets it to another possibility and what you were speaking to uh, when you're talking about this relationship and th- this is very uh this has all been a very new experience for me as well um especially diving into this relationship with autumn but it's kind of this like next level vulnerability which is not just like I can tell you the story of who I am and how I came to be here. But like you were describing, I can tell you exactly what's coming up for me in this moment so that we can enter into that space together and deepen it and expand it and widen it and like see how far into that we can go. And it's a, it, like when I say next level, it really feels like the next level of vulnerability. It's like, this is, this is where I'm at right in this fucking instant. Because that's all we—that's where we exist. That's all we really exist within. And as you said, the breath is how we get back to that. Like we're always one real deep breath away from coming back to the present mm. moment. Mm. It's the biggest tool I have put in my tool belt is just learning how to breathe. Mm. Truly. Mm. Absolutely. And it it should be everyone's, you know, because it's, it's easy, it's free, it's accessible anytime, anywhere, any place. And also there has never been a real user manual that has been provided to us and how to breathe and the different ways in which you can breathe to have certain effects to support you in certain situations. And, you know, it's all that stuff is coming online right now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a very exciting time to be alive and to, to really increase uh, and expand your abilities and uh, your, your tools and all the things that uh, 
are accessible to you to, you know, to live a really rich and full life. Mm-hmm. So if you, just to give, um, just to give everyone listening a sense of who you are and what it is you do, could you describe to me what, who you are and what working is as if I were like a new client that you were working with and you just wanted mm-hmm. to like, yeah, tell them, tell them what you're about. Cool. Right, well, that's a, that's a big one. Who I am. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a multidimensional creature, you know, that <laughs> sifts and, you know, uh, uh, takes different forms and shapes and, and different times, depending on where, you know, where it is that I'm needing to serve the most. Um, but uh, in, in everyday language uh, that can be digested and understood, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a holistic health coach. I've been uh, in the coaching space for over a decade. Uh, I've been uh, diving deep into my essence and, and really identify, identifying and cultivating who I am since a very young age, uh, since the age of eight. I think that is when I'd say that I really started my, uh, my journey into uh, an understanding of, of who I am and what I'm capable of. Um, so that's kind of just a little bit of a broad brushstroke on, on who I am, but we can, we can dive deeper into pieces of that as we go along. Um, but in relation to working, uh, which is a movement-based stress relief practice that I've been developing over the last two and a half years or so, uh, it's a practice uh, that was first inspired uh, by a lot of different things in my life, um, um, but specifically speaking on the actual practices that inspired me beyond the emotions and my surroundings and environment that drove me into creating this, which we can get into later. Uh, from a movement standpoint, it was inspired by my background in dance. I danced uh, you know, professionally, if you will, from 16 to 22. Um, I studied uh, quite a bit of martial arts from Taekwondo to Kapoeda, um, and then, uh, explored, uh, not super deep, but, uh, enough of a degree of Tai Chi and Qigong to be very deeply inspired and having an understanding of the foundational elements of it. Um, so all those practices from a movement standpoint and a spirituality standpoint inspired work in, um, and the other component of why I created it uh, was realizing that we live in a very overly sympathetic, hard driving world. Everything is about outcomes. Everything's about keeping up with the Joneses. Everything's about what does your performance look like, right? What, show me, show me, show me what, show me what you've done. What's your reputation? What's, you know, what does your body look like, right? What are your numbers? What's your data, right? How, how you know, what, what do you have to show me? And, you know, understandably so that there's importance for that, right? That, that needs to exist in the world, right? It's, uh, you know, the, the ego can, can support us in many different ways. Um, and those intentions and having... Uh, accomplishments is there's nothing wrong with that uh, a very kind of yang masculine energy and outputs um, you have to have that right so one side of, uh, of a coin that is the human experience and I also realized that you have to meet that with the other side that is very much so yin very subtle slow relaxed mindful 
um, easy, serene movement as well. And so I was basically trying to create something that provided people with another opportunity to fall deeply within themselves and have what I call a felt experience, right? not an outcome experience, not a data-driven experience, not a self-quantification experience, but a felt experience. Right? So meeting themselves exactly where they're at, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, no judgment, no criticism, right? but just to feel. And that's it. And so within the practice, we explore especially in the introductory to work, and we explore the six main mobile joints, the wrists, the shoulders, the neck or cervical spine, the trunk or thoracic spine, the hips and the ankles. And we explore all those through the three planes of motions. So linear, right, or as I call it, folds, the lateral, or as we call them, bends, and then the three-dimensional, or what they would say transverse in anatomical terms, or as I call them in work in, the turns. So we explore all three planes of motion through movements. Right? So that's the first pillar. And then the second pillar is a breath, right? A parasympathetic state breathing. So it's an inhale in through the nose and then an exhale through the mouth. And we coordinate that breath with the articulation and mobilization of the joints. So you start to create this flow state, right? So that you're synchronizing breath with movement. And what that does is that hydrates or brings relief into the joint space and allows the articulation of the joints to be even more pronounced. Because with that breath, it brings you from that sympathetic state into that parasympathetic state. So the nervous system is now in a state of ease, allowing for the joints, the fascia, which is the soft tissue that covers the musculature, to relax further and further. And right? so putting you almost into this lulled-like flow state of serenity. And then the third pillar is the pillar of connection. And that is connecting with the internal environments. That would be your feelings, your emotions your thoughts, again, with no judgment, but just noticing them, experiencing them as they are, no attachments, and then the connection with the external. Right? So that would be your senses, your sense of feeling of your feet either in the sand, if you're doing the practice outside, grass, dirt, or maybe it's, you know, in your home, you've got wood floors, right? Connecting and feeling that experience, that tactile touch, right? Of your body in your external environment. Right? A sense of smell, smelling what might be fragrant around you. Sense of sound, listening in to the music, as music plays a huge role in work in, as there's a specific playlist that I connect people into about 82 to 97 BPMs. And that's a certain frequency that brings us into a brainwave state that is much more conducive to dropping in and being at ease. So you combine those three things together, movement, breath, and connection internally and externally, and it just provides this just beautiful, blissful, stress-free state of human experience. 
even just as you were describing that, I felt myself kind of falling into that space. I'm curious. Um, well, first, just to um, provide a little context to this for anyone listening, will you describe the difference between being in a sympathetic nervous system response and tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system? Gladly. I love that question. Um, so basically, I can start off first by saying that for the general public, even, even people that are, are, you know, pretty tapped and tuned in to their, their you, know, in, you know, human experience, I would say, and again, this is not built on science or anything, but just a, just a guesstimate, is that we as human beings generally function in a sympathetic state about 90% of our waking day-to-day. So the sympathetic state is our fight and flight state, right? So that's the state that we get in when we're, we're at battle, we're at war, right? Our, all of our systems are on, our muscular system is on, our, uh, you know, fascial system is, you know, squeezed and ringed out, right? We're, we're, we're ready to, to handle whatever it is that's going to come at us. And so if we think about different things that put us in that state, I'll kind of start with the beginning of our day, right? So most people wake up to ding, 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 right? Notifications, sounds, and are instantly in a state of reactivity, sympathetic state, right? Looking at your phone, sending an email is a sympathetic state-driven behavior. There's almost no one that is looking at a blue light screen and is thinking about what it is that they need to respond to and is not in a sympathetic state. Again, this is not a matter of right or wrong or good or bad, just what is, right? So then you couple that with, you know, continuing on the phone, checking different things, potentially maybe even the news, where things are at with the election. Mm -hmm. So now you're triggering even more cortisol, right? So cortisol is the stress hormone, right? That is also very closely in connection with sympathetic state, you know, uh, nervous system uh, activation. So now you're triggered off even more. And then you're like, all right, well, I need, a, I need my daily fix of whatever it is, right? Coffee, tea, right? So something to like really get me jacked up. So now you're pushing sympathetic even further up, right? So now you're really ready to, ready to be in fight or flight mode, right? Ready to take on a day. And then most of us obviously are not driving as much anymore, but let's just kind of take the average workday pre-COVID, right? So then you're jacked up on your coffee, right? You're maybe even running around frantically trying to get your stuff together to get to work because you've spent, spent the last 30, 45 minutes responding to emails, texts, and looking at the news, right? So you're all jacked up, right? And then you get in your car and you're driving on the highway, right, with plenty of other people and their collective energies that are probably also in a sympathetic state, right? As you're trying to manage a big, you know, flying metal ship, right? <laughs> and so you're having to pay a ton of attention and maybe might be multitasking and looking at your phone or getting the right playlist on or whatever. And maybe you start listening to the news when you're driving. 
you get my point, right? So it's the minute we wake up to the minute we go to bed, we're in this fight or flight state responding, or actually not really responding, reacting to our environment around us. That shit is exhausting. And oftentimes it takes us getting to a breaking state to go, oh, wait, there's another experience that we can have that is on the opposite side of being in this fight or flight sympathetic state. And that's the parasympathetic state. Right? Again, we exist in that very, very infrequently. And that's some people even, and that's with intention. We exist in it very infrequently. If you have no intention yeah. of going into the parasympathetic state, you are not going to get there unless you finally, as you said, get to the breaking point where your body might force you into this kind of parasympathetic state. But even then, if you're not taking the time to put yourself there, you are not there. Yes. Unless you're maybe now, when you're asleep. And, and, and I'm going to make a bold statement that's not necessarily backed by science, but I, it, it feels so truthful and so real to me that I'm going to say it anyways, and I hope, mm -hmm. that, I hope it triggers people. I believe that every single disease and illness and suffering in the world is directly correlated to being predominantly in sympathetic state like i'm even gonna go so far to say is that there's no genetic issues there are no things that are passed down it's all about being predominantly in a parasympathetic state because with that energetic signature you emanate that and it's absorbed unconsciously by your surroundings, whether it's your family, whether it's the collective, whether it was your ancestors that were always in that fight or flight state and didn't know how to manage and find that intentional parasympathetic state, that shit gets passed down to you as well. That's the genetic predisposition. It's not like, mm -hmm. oh, dad had bad knees and, uh, you know, it just, uh, I got bad knees too, you know? Mm -hmm. Nah, I don't believe that shit. You know, so a lot of people that are very science-based, and I hope there are some science-based people that listen to this and they, they, they want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, I'll spend the rest of my life trying to prove into my points. Not prove them wrong, but prove into my point. Well, and I, I think the thing about this that gets lost is that this doesn't discount that these kind of symptoms are real. We're not saying with this that, people are not experiencing disease or disease, that people are not experiencing the symptoms of what we call quote-unquote mental illness, that people are not experiencing the symptoms of what we call genetic disease and genetic trauma, ancestral trauma, um, PTSD, depression, anxiety. That is not, like, that reality exists, but it's rather... It's kind of, and, and the thing about what you're saying is it is the most empowering way to look at it because looking at it through this lens is the, it, of, of like essentially rewriting the script of this is part of my DNA. This is part of who I am. I can't do anything about it. The best thing I can do about it is go to a Western doctor and have them give me a prescription for the rest of my life so I can be at a baseline okay. You give all your power away to what we call a disease and you give all your power away to the person that says they have the power to fix you, not even fix you. They have the power to make you feel all right. 
what you what you're saying is that we all have the power within us to work in to these kinds of feelings and through tapping into our parasympath- parasympathetic nervous system through experiencing what it is like to have a felt somatic human experience we can start to not treat but cure these these things that are that are plaguing humanity all right this podcast has been good um <laughs> yeah that's it that's it thanks folks <laughs> i mean that's that but that's it mm. that's it yeah i don't even have you know un- until uh you provide uh the next steering uh within this context of conversation there's i mean that's that's so on the money brother that's so on the money it's so again because it goes back to the you know the term that you used earlier and what you were saying it, it gives you back sovereignty mm-hmm. take your freedom back right we all have the ability to do that but against it we've been so deeply programmed from so many different areas. It's not just like the government or mass media that programs us. It's our, our religions that we attach to. It's, uh, you know, our, uh, our cultures, you know, that have bled horrible shit into making us believe dot, 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 dot. You know, it's our families, you know, and their, their indoctrination and their lack of, you know, not doing the work and or living into the possibilities that would set them free. You know, it's like, you know, we have a, uh, we have a responsibility on our shoulders to really, really step into our own freedom. Uh, and it doesn't exist outside of ourselves. So. No. And, and like you said, this comes from many different places and it's difficult to wake up from it when you're living inside of that space mm-hmm. where all this is true and believed. And I heard, uh, I heard Eric Godsey talking about this on a podcast with, um, with Kyle Kingsbury earlier this week. He's talking about how the, the, um, the Western medical complex around your physical health, as well as around your mental health, they are essentially now um, gods. We believe in them wholeheartedly. We believe in what they have to say. And medical negligence is like the number three cause of death in the United States. Your doctor fucking up is the number three cause of death in the United States. And these, these corporations, and they are corporations, they thrive, they only exist if we continue being sick. Um, they, he equates them to cancer. And what cancer's number one prerogative is to do is to grow at all costs. It doesn't take into account that it is hurting the body it doesn't take into account that it is having a malevolent effect on all of your other systems it doesn't take into account any of the morality of what its existence is it's just growing without any thought of repercussions to anyone else so these corporations that have been created to i mean and i don't think this is like some kind of i Maybe it is, but I don't really believe it's like a mass conspiracy. I kind of just think this is what a lot of people think. I think that the people that are in charge of it and creating it, maybe on some level know that they're, you know, they're fucking hurting and killing people. But on the other, that's the same story that everyone else is believing as well. Like all of this information's out there and it's not like the masses are like, no, don't go to a hospital when you're sick. That's, we're still buying into that. It's still the kind of common story. But 
the I think that the idea of sovereignty is so alien to pretty much every human being that exists without actively trying to wake yourself up to it because mm-hmm. that's just the world that we live in. So it's not your fault that you exist in that world. It's really not. But we have to make ourselves responsible for what we shouldn't be responsible for. And really, the only thing we can be responsible for is our own health, our own self, our own psyche. And there are people like you and myself who have made it their mission in this world to help people wake up to that. But even then, it's just helping you remember that you have that power. Like the new role, rule or role of the healer is not to heal you. It's to remind you that you have the ability to heal yourself. And this, this brings me into my next question for you, unless you have something to add on there. No, man, that's, that's too good. It's too good. Um, <laughs> thank you. Too money. So my, my, my um, understanding of trauma is pretty elementary. But essentially, it's that the the psyche almost has to remain in that, um, like when we're traumatized and we are put into our fight, flight, or freeze response, our sympathetic response, which is an evolutionary adaptation to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. When we are put into that place, and the evolutionary um, response is not able to be acted out. So, for instance, if we are in a situation where, um, I, don't, I don't know, like if I, if I get into a car accident and my body, my animal body's response is to run or fight that thing, but I can't because I just got hit by a fucking car and I'm trapped and I'm forced into immobility and I'm not able to carry out the energy of what was trying to come through me. I will then be forever stuck in that place of my fight or flight response and I'll be reactive. I'll be afraid of like loud noises, especially for like soldiers or, or um, abuse survivors from PTSD. If you're not able to carry out what the evolutionary response to the trauma was, you will remain in that place. So what it sounds like to me is working has the potential to put people into a place where they are able to relive and kind of rewrite the story of a traumatic incident that happened to them. Um, because, but, and again, based on my pretty elementary understanding of the psyche, um, it is constantly looking for a way to relive the original trauma and carry out the evolutionary adaptation. Do you find that in work in sessions, people are um, like tapping back in to old trauma? old traumatic events and that they're able to work through them in a new way. Does that Mm. come up for you? That's yeah. That's a, that's an amazing question, man. Um, you know, I think it is very individually, um, expressed. Um, I would in my greatest dreams and vision of what 
working would look like in the future, it would be able to create the space and the setting for people, no matter what level of awareness they have or how much work they've done on themselves to access that and transmute that in a way that then fills them up with whatever it is that is needing to be seen, felt, and heard um, so that they can have that breakthrough. Um, there are people that have come into work in sessions and been like, wow, you know, I experienced um, uh, a deep connection with my inner child mm. that has felt repressed and was able to be very carefree and light and easy in a way that I can't remember the last time I, I, I did. Um, and so I've had a lot of different expressions of that from people that have, that have taken the workshop. Uh, I've had expressions of people like, Oh yeah, you know, I like witnessed and saw certain things, um, that, you know, surprised me and, you know, made me feel very, uh, calm and centered and, and connected to my essence. Um, so, you know, a, a handful, quite a few of those, um, I haven't had specifically someone say, oh, you know, I, you know, uh, relived a trauma and was able to move through it in a way that felt like a full, full release and, and full surrender. Um, you know, I, I would love for that to be the case. And I, I think that as I continue to fine tune uh, my, you know, space holding and really creating an environment that that becomes, you know, um, a possibility, it really starts to open people up more and more, you know. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of elements at play that would uh, allow for people to have that experience. Um, but I, I really believe in the work, in work in, you know, the, the space that's held there and the practice itself to be a catalyst for massive transformation and uh, transmutation of trauma. I, I really believe that. And you know, my, again, too, as I am in agreement with you, uh, is that my understanding of trauma and the psyche is still pretty rudimental and elementary. Um, and, but that also with that understanding of that being the case, it's a mission of mine to really dive deep into, you know, somatic work and really understanding trauma more and more. Um, you know, cause I've transformed myself, uh, from having trauma into, transmuting it into power um and i want to provide the same thing for others um and the way that i do that is just being being a student of the game and really becoming a uh you know a catalyst and a wizard within that space to create an environment that's conducive for people to give themselves permission to have you know a full surrender and letting go and whatever that looks like um, and uh, yeah, essentially, it's like providing people with ceremony, but the, the medicine is not plant medicine or entheogens or psychedelics, but the medicine is movement and breath and connection with oneself. Yeah, it's I've been um, I've been diving pretty deeply into um, archetypes as well as like mature masculine, mature feminine energy versus like the, the child masculine and child feminine energy. Um, and the kind of general consensus for everyone that does this work is that there was a time when every um, culture in the world 
had some kind well not every necessarily but the but pretty broadly across the board cultures around the world and this still exists some places today have some kind of rite of passage that signifies deep not just like to the rest of the tribe but for the individual somatically emotionally mentally spiritually signifies the transition from the child into the adult or the boy into the man or the girl into the woman um that has been the case for as long as we've existed and it's always been something that was um what's the word always been something that was orchestrated by the elders of the tribe but it was something that you had to experience on your own like you get thrown out into the wilderness and you have to survive for x amount of days and you're either going to die or the child part of your psyche is going to die and you're going to be reborn a man um or you have to go on like a five-day vision quest. You have to do it an insane amount of psychoactive drugs so you can go to speak to spirit and your ancestors. And whatever the thing is, it kills a part of you and you have to be reborn. And we've gotten so far away from that because of the kind of like individualistic society that we're brought up in now. Everything is your own responsibility. You got to, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You got to make your own way. You got whatever the, yeah, whatever the thing is. Um, there's no, like, we don't, we don't have fucking spiritual elders. We don't have wise men and wise women in our villages anymore. We have our grandparents who, if we're lucky, we have like a all right relationship with, and they're not just trying to talk our ear off. But regardless, we don't have that kind of, um, community and connection that helps us grow into that new version of ourselves and i really love um well i love everything about working just to throw that out there i'm like deeply deeply um enamored with everything that you've created it is very very resonant with what i want to do not just for myself but provide for the rest of the world but what I love about this is that it puts you in a place of remembering, accessing what it is like to just exist in a human body. And I think for most people, the last time that we can remember just purely existing, um, maybe without the aid of plant medicine or maybe in like a deeply connected sexual experience, whatever, and at the point of orgasm, but the the last time we really let ourselves just be is when we're children. When we like know how to move and we know how to play and we know that and we know that we get so much energy from just being outside and touching trees and talking to birds and like rolling around in the grass. Like when we remember that that is the essence of being a human. And then we put ourselves inside a house and inside of a room in the house. And then we stare into a little screen inside of the room in the house. And we get ourselves as far away as we can from being an animal, which is on the basis level what we are. You know, we've been talking for 150,000 years. Before that, we were like, we're fucking animals. And so I love, I love that work and, and you can, 
and tell me more about this, but it, it really feels to me, and I haven't experienced it yet, but that it can put you back in that place of really just feeling what it's like to be in a human body and not identifying with the human mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's the noticing and the awareness that the mind exists and thoughts still come and go, but it's just a notice, just a noticing, you know, it's, there's no, there's no attachment. There's no, um, you know, purpose of trying to stop your mind from thinking thoughts. There's, um, you know, there, there's nothing there. It's, uh, it's just a, an opportunity to, to be as you are, come as you are and meet yourself exactly as you are. And again, to, as you said, like that is something that children, they're, they're not, they're not, there's, they're not focused on an outcome. They're not focused on, you know, impressing anyone. They're not focused on, uh, getting a certain amount of steps in, you know, they're not focused on anything but play and, but the feeling and the enjoyment of play. And, and, you know, they're not even focusing on, on connecting with nature. They are nature, right? They are, they're, they're one. There's, there's not much separation. There's a, you know, of course, the ego comes online very quickly at a young age and you become inquisitive and in seeing the, the, you know, uh, subject, uh, object duality, but you're still like, oh, you're still in the felt sense without an analyzing, an overanalyzation, if you will. You know, you still might be in one, like, oh, well, you know, how did this tree become to be here? You know, as the kids start asking why, 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 you know, but that why is always built off of curiosity, you know, whereas again, like as we get older, it's like, it's not even about why. It's like this thing, you know, really uh, um, lands on my bias. Like I'm like really biased towards this. So I'm just going to say yes, yes, yes. And subscribe to this thing over and over. Things, you know, and not to make this a political, you know, thing, because that's not our, our steez. But, um, you know, again, that's like a big issue with the world today. It's a lot about, you know, I mean, it's like, it, I believe that the government wasn't really built to create options for people. It was built to create div division between people. You know, it's like how, you know, if people are all coming together as one, like that's, uh, that's uncontrollable. We can't control that. But if we split people in half at the very least, that at least breaks it down into however many millions of people or whatever at the time, you know? And uh, again, this has been an, an age old issue with, uh, with the world is that it's a very much so us versus them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, again, people, people love to, they love to subscribe to their group or their thing as like the one it's like, Oh, this is the right thing. You know, this is the good thing. And children don't have that you know, or at least they don't initially, you know, they're really just about feeling and enjoyment and connection, just like lightness and ease. I mean, come on. It's like, we need to get back to that. Just a moment of serenity, a moment of peace. And, um, that's, yeah, that's really a big driver behind working is to, is to really connect with that inner child and, and return to your essence. Yeah. Beautiful. I think the intro and I won't turn this too political because, um, again, that's not the steez. But that's a really interesting point that you make. And I think the thing that people might not want to consider or think about in terms of what the two-party system means is that either side only exists in power if the other side also exists in power. 
So it's never in the best interest of one of these to end a two-party system. It's just fucking not because then they can't they can't exist unless it is. Unless I mean, you know, you could have a dictatorship, which is essentially kind of what you're describing, but but on the opposite side of the spectrum. Right. There's um collective unity and then there's forced unity, which I don't. And that and that's an interesting hmm we don't need to dive too far into this, but that is like a really interesting part of being a human is that at this point for the human race to be unified, there are 8 billion people in, I don't know how many countries are in the world, like two, a few hundred more, more than that. Several hundred. There There are 8 billion people across all the continents, all the countries, all the states and provinces within the country that all have a different set of rules. And then, and like the one thing that unifies us, and this word has a lot of baggage behind it, the one thing that unifies us is love or God. And again, both of those words a lot of fucking baggage because they've been used for since time immemorial to divide and that our God is better than yours and your God is not as good as ours and etc etc and wars have been raged and people have been raped and murdered and abused and tortured in the name of these things so we don't and and like the pendulum has swung so far to the other side of of this idea of God, of unity, to the side of science, reasoning, logic, which all exists, it's all true, but there's, there's this like middle ground, I think, that we've gotten so far away from because of this kind of tribal mentality. And what I love about, um, what I love about yoga, meditation, breath work work in like all of these modalities that you've kind of brought together is that it is a way of connecting back to the purest essence of existence and that is the thing that we all have in common every single person that is alive could to some capacity experience this this felt sense of being human and that's the one thing that we all have in common is the experience of being a fucking human. <laughs> and so I just want to like shout this all from the mountaintop so that everyone can hear this and just like spend 10 minutes of your day experiencing what it's like to be in that parasympathetic nervous system response and just feel what it's like to exist and to love someone. And to believe that there's something that is greater than just who you are as an individual. <sighs> Sorry, yeah, I, I got that got away from me a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. It got it got into you and expressed mm. through you. I mean, that's that's the beauty of why we're here. You know, it's mm. like this this message and this conversation is meant to be heard because we're both passionate individuals who have felt into the expansiveness of the human experience and have noticed 
what things have not worked for us and what things have worked for us. Mm -hmm. And in knowing and stepping deeply into the things that have worked for us, we want people to experience the same because we know the healing nature of that, of that experience. And um, I mean, I I think that it is the, it's like, you know, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake to have these experiences. And I think that more people that come to them, the more harmonious and more of that middle place that that pendulum can come to, will we will exist there instead of going so far from one side to the other. It's like this more harmonious place and like really seeing people, you know, at their essence. Because I, I really believe that everyone at their essence has love as a foundation, you know, um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's bringing people back to that. And there's, there's many, many ways in which to do so, but you have to be intentional and you have to want it, you know? So mm-hmm. that's yeah. it. Yeah, brother. What are the ways that you have seen work in as you've created it? And I assume through creating it, practice it extensively. How do you see it affecting your life personally? For me, it's like, it's such a beautiful tool for centering and clearing uh, because I hold it down for a lot of people. My family, like I'm the middle point between my mother and sister and they have a lot of division. So it's like, if I do my work in practice, I can come back more to center and see my sister's side and her way of being. I can see my mother's side and her way of being and, you know, uh, uh, give them the space to validate themselves and as opposed to me validating them um and then vice versa you know working allows me to come center and be uh you know an anchor for my clients um you know it allows for me to move through any um uh, external um thing that emanates into my, you know, my environment and my field and causes any agitation because things that can't be seen, touched, felt, or heard can still emanate and land on our physical body and cause issues there, right? Everyone thinks it's like, well, that's not how it works. Like you have an injury in a fall and then your shoulder hurts. And it's like, nah, motherfucker, like you absorb a lot of energies outside yourself and then it ends up being stored somewhere in the body. And then that's how physical pain can emanate too. Sure. You can fall and land on your ankle and twist it as I did back in June and have issues there and they can emanate up into the knee and the hip and so on and so forth if they're not treated. But also it's like, you know, you could, you could basically have uh, people around you that are spitting venom and uh, being divisive and you just being in the listening of that without practices to clear and cleanse that energy can eventually lead you to have heart disease potentially, you know, because you haven't expressed your heart and set, boundaries in relation to those relationships so um so for me man like working is everything it's working is a way of life uh truly i mean you know like i like i enjoy every now and then sitting in meditation but i'd rather listen to beautiful serene melodic music and close my eyes and articulate my joints and put my bare feet either on the wooden floors of my apartment or in the sand or on the top of a rocky mountain in, you know, the Santa Monica mountains and just go deep, you know, like that shit is, I mean, I mean, I've, I've like gone like, like wept doing work in before, you know, 
and you know had really deep connections with like my father who's now passed away you know i've like been able to like transmute and uh, uh release a lot of like heartache in relation to my most recent partner that uh, um i split up with you know like working has been just something that's just held me you know and it's been through my own articulation it's like, like almost like it's i'm doing it but it's also like doing me too mm. you know it's it's being me and uh I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I, you know, how, how could I not be a spokesperson for it? Because I created <laughs> it, you know, but um, it, it just it gives so much back to me. So, yeah, there's, there's this um, kind of revolution, I think, happening in the health world at the moment, mental health mm. and physical health. And I think the revolution is in the knowing that mental health and physical health are not actually separate. And we've created, again, like this kind of culture, and especially medically, where we separate the mind from the body. We just remove that connection entirely, um, which is fucking, I'll just say it's whack. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not real. It doesn't work. Um, no. And so, like, what you're describing, and I love this, talking about how you're able to work through these kinds of emotional releases and you're able to connect um, with these parts of yourself that whether or not you recognized it in your waking consciousness needed some attention. And I really, in the same way that the um, body is always trying to heal itself, if it's not inhibited, it is actively working to heal itself. That's why we have fevers. That's why we... Like that is like literally why we have symptoms of anything. It's all this kind of um, it's always trying to regulate or fix what the problem is. We're not meant to experience chronic pain. Like chronic pain is a byproduct of having medications that treat chronic pain because you don't allow your body to just fix itself. Mm -hmm. um, keeping in mind like injuries things happen and there and there's a there's a place for this kind of medicine like mm. emergency medicine has saved many lives deeply grateful for it um it's helped me out a time or two when i've broken limbs or or when i've like hurt myself working or something like i have yes. had to go to the hospital and it was essential but um what i kind of see about working especially from you describing your own experience with it is that through the release and the connection to the body you are also able to heal the mind the spirit the emotional body all the other parts of us the the koshas as they talk about in yoga all of these different parts of our energetic field are all directly mm -hmm. linked and when we heal and work on one, we are also healing and working on the others, which is mm -hmm. why therapy for so many people doesn't work because it's only going into the mind. It's only analyzing what's happening in the mind. It doesn't take into account what the body is doing. Mm -hmm. And this is just like part, this just, it feels like a big part of this kind of revolution because it's like, yeah, take back your power, get back into your body, reconnect with yourself, your capital S self, and mm -hmm. really just like see what comes up, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Yes. All of that. All of that. And again, man, it, you know, there's not much else to say in that. It's like, but I, I love the last thing you said, just see what comes up. Mm. 
right? And allow for it to come up, you know? It's like we might have like a movement experience and all of a sudden an emotion comes up that we didn't expect and we're like, oh, I'm just doing a movement meditation. I'm like, why am I feeling sad? And I'm feeling like heartbroken about something. Let me like tap it. No, no. Stoke that, right? Allow that, feel that. Feel that as deeply as possible. That wants to come out, right? All of these things want to come out, you know? It's like... And again, not to go too deep into it, but it's like even people are like resisting themselves from coughing or sneezing because they're worried about what someone outside of themselves might think. Oh, like they, they, someone might think I have COVID. It's like, no, a cough is a good thing. That's a purge. A sneeze is a good thing. That's a purge. A cry is a good thing. That's a purge. That's you feeling into something within your phys- physiological, emotional, and mental body that's needing to be expressed. You know, if you have, you know, a certain mental framework in your mind, mind and it's causing you to feel angry fucking scream and shout yell you know and like working essentially is the place and the environment and the container for you to feel deeply into everything that's so so you can let it out and surrender it and move through it would you be willing to do a a shortened work-in session with me here today yeah yeah man absolutely so let's take a moment to just drop in, closing our eyes, light bend in our knees, shoulders, arms heavy falling down our spine, just feeling into our connection of our feet on the floor, grounded, solid. Maybe allowing ourselves to kind of sway into the different edges of our feet as we find our center and our stability. So we allow our body to move freely. Want to bring in an intention. an attention around something that we want to let go of. Something in which we want to surrender so we know it doesn't serve us anymore. It can be within any realm, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And once we get clear on that specific thing that we want to move through, with the empty space that is available through that surrender, What is the expression of what we want to fill that space with? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does it show up in our body? And then how do we take that and transmute that into our life? As we get really clear on that, Ian, We want to bring our awareness into our breath, 
as we inhale into our nose as if sipping through a straw. And then effortless exhale as the breath falls out of our mouth. Breathing in to that awareness and that beauty that we're bringing into that space in which we've opened up by way of the thing that we want to let go of. Let's go three more inhales and three more exhales. Feeling into our bodies. Feeling into our awareness. And when we finish our last exhale, we'll gradually open our eyes. So now we have our intentions set as we go through and do a little mini work-in session. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore the expression of our wrist and our neck. So we're going to move through all three planes of motion with the wrist and the neck and then we're going to express them together. So what we're gonna do with a leg bend the knees is we're gonna place our hands out in front of us at whatever angle feels comfortable. And we're just going to fall into the subtlety of our wrist folds. So we allow the wrist fold forward, pointing the fingertips down, and then fold back, fingertips up. I encourage you to close your eyes to eliminate any visual distraction. Just be deeply within yourself and your awareness of this subtle folding forward and folding back of the wrist. No needing to rush or force the movement, but inviting in the experience of slowing down. As you become aware of the felt experience, we'll then bring our breath in. We're going to breathe in through the nose, through both the up and the down, and then exhale through the mouth effortlessly, through the up and the down. Breathing in through the nose, through both directions of the wrist fold, and then exhaling through the mouth, 
in both directions of the wrist folds. We're going to go two more inhales, two more exhales, moving with grace and ease. When we finish that last exhale, we can straighten the wrists out. Bringing the eyes gradually open as we then explore our second plane of motion, which is our bends. So on this one, Ian, we're just going to allow the wrist to bend laterally. So we turn the fingertips ever so lightly one direction and then the other. Again, closing the eyes, nothing to perfect, nothing to figure out, just to feel into the subtleties of a novel range of motion for the rest. And you are free to explore your space if you choose, moving other parts of the body or standing completely still. There's no right or wrong. It's going where spirit moves you. And once, once you've brought in the awareness, what you feel and what you notice physically, you'll return to that same breath, inhaling through the nose both directions, lightly and effortlessly exhaling through the mouth in both directions. Surrendering any need to figure anything out or to do anything else other than exactly what you're doing. We'll go two more inhales and two more exhales of our wrist bend. When you finish that last exhale, you'll come center, gradually opening the, opening the eyes, maybe even shaking the wrists out if you choose, right? Because you'll bring in some new novelties, some new awarenesses, some new felt experiences by moving the way that is different than what you're used to. So now we're going to explore the three-dimensional, or our turns. So what we'll do, Ian, is we'll place our hands out in front. And what I want you to envision is your fingertips creating a big circle around an imaginary clock, the same way that the hands of a clock would move. So going from 12 to 3 
to six, to nine, and to 12. Again, closing your eyes and just visualizing the hand and the wrist and the fingers, creating a big, beautiful circle, creating this mobilization of the wrist. Maybe even visualizing fingertips painting a big, beautiful circle. Whatever color that brings you ease. And remember, there's nothing to figure out, just to feel. Then when you're ready, you can bring the breath in, which is a nice inhale through the nose, through one full circle, and then an exhale through the mouth through the next. And feeling free to move in any additional way that calls to you. Working is about being fully self-expressed. As little guidance and as much freedom to explore yourself. Two more inhales. Two more exhales as we remember our intention, what it is that we wanted to let go of, what it is that we wanted to bring in place of that space that is now open. And with the eyes closed while finishing the last exhale, we'll then turn the wrists and go the opposite direction as we say, our wrist counter turn. Pointing the fingers from 12 to 9 to 6 to 3 to 12. Moving as freely and expressed as that inner child in you desires. Visualizing that big, beautiful circle of whatever color touches your heart. Falling deeply into your breath, surrendering anything and everything. Feeling deeply. Allowing everything. So we go two more inhales. Two more exhales. 
when you finish that last exhale with your eyes closed and shake out your wrists back to a lightly bent knee hands falling at your sides shoulders relaxed coming back to your breath breathing into the space that is open and available feeling in to the beauty that you've created to sit in that space you are free you are free you are free that is working. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, that's medicine. Yeah. And just a taste. Just a taste. Just enough to keep me wanting more. Got one more question I'd love to ask you before we have to wrap things up. If you were a top, the proverbial mountain where every being alive could hear and feel exactly what you had to say, exactly what you had to offer. What would you say to them? Just feel into everything and know that you are free. <laughs> <laughs> 